Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Good morning. It is Tuesday, February 14th. Happy Valentine's Day. It is six minutes after 10, and you're listening to Rob Kendall and Casey Daniels on 93 WIBC. All right, let's talk about balloons and UFOs and everything that's going on in the skies. So the United States has said that it has now retrieved key electronics, including sensors from the suspected Chinese spy balloon that it shot down earlier this month. Now, Japan, who is a close ally of the U.S., now saying that they're their, uh, you know, relationship with China is deteriorating, and they said that they've assessed that there have been balloons flying over their airspace, and now it's being reported that the Romanian Air Force surveillance system has detected an aerial target that looked like a weather balloon flying into their country's airspace. So we've got all of these things that are popping up all over the place now. All right, so here's the question that I have is, are these things always going on? And we're just hyper-focused on them now because we're in the 24-7 news cycle and the balloon brought everybody's attention to the fact Mm -hmm. that these things are out there. Or is this some new frontier? (laughs) I I heavily lean towards this has always been going on Mm -hmm. and now we're just hyper-focused on it because the balloon was so prominent. Okay, so... Now, Rad says that the command hadn't been watching for balloons in the past, right? Uh, It was created in 1961 to track the threat of the Soviet Union evolved over to terrorist challenges that emerged after 9-11. And then it changed into monitoring drug enforcement and then of course their Santa tracker. Yes. So now they're saying that you know what they're they're just fine tuning the surveillance and the radar and that's why we're seeing more things. Yeah, you know, I've always felt good that we could track Santa because I've always thought maybe Santa <laughs> was up to no good. And what if Santa was a double agent? Mm-hmm. Like what if Santa, you know, struck a deal with the Chinese? I mean, who knows? And so I've, I've always been glad that we've been able to, I'm just kidding. Santa is a phenomenal individual for all the children out there listening. Uh, but what is not phenomenal is the fact that we don't get transparency from our government about what's going on. Um, Here is the defense secretary, Lloyd Austin, Mm -hmm. and he says the shooting UFOs down is done on a case-by-case basis, and they still have absolutely no idea whether the recently shot down UFOs were collecting data. Our policy hasn't changed. Uh, We will evaluate each and every uh, event on on its own merits, and we'll make uh, decisions uh, based upon the recommendations of uh, the NORTHCOM NORAD commander, uh, the the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, uh, and uh, they'll make recommendations to me, and I'll evaluate and make recommendations to the president. Again, these three events uh, presented a, each of them presented a risk to safety of, of flight. Uh, and we don't know if they were actually collecting intelligence, but because of the route that they took, uh, out of an abundance of caution, we want to make sure that we have the ability to examine what these things are and p- potentially what they were doing. 
Okay, so they've reset the radar surveillance filters. They're capturing objects, and the latest one was considered a high-altitude object, which was smaller than the balloon that was downed off the South Carolina coast. It's been described as being a small car, so we don't know what we're dealing with, so we're just going to go one by one and shoot it down if we feel like it's a threat. Yeah, and here Lloyd Austin, the defense secretary, says these objects, Casey, they were much different than the balloon. Mm -hmm. I want to be clear. The three objects taken down this weekend are very different from what we were talking about last week. We knew exactly what that was. A PRC surveillance balloon. And as we have said, we do not assess that the recent objects pose any direct threat to the people on the ground and we will continue to focus on confirming their nature and purpose. Uh, By the way, I'd like to point out Lloyd Austin, the defense secretary, looks exactly like every gruff talking military guy in every movie you've ever seen. Like he looks (laughs) straight straight, out of central casting. Absolutely, yes. Okay, so he said we knew exactly what that balloon was, a PRC surveillance balloon. If we knew exactly what it was, why did we let it fly over the entire country? All right. Now, one thing you can feel good about, Casey. Yeah. And this uh, this comes from John Kirby. He is the spokesperson for Biden. So, mm-hmm. you know, he's being very truthful and honest. Mm-hmm. He's speaking on behalf of the president. Yep. Says, don't worry. It's not aliens, <laughs> which makes me think we should now be concerned that it's actually aliens. Um, my understanding is that uh, the top officials of the Pentagon, when asked explicitly if uh, they were ruling out any kind of extraterrestrial presence said they weren't ruling anything out. And yet at the beginning of today's briefing, albeit with her usual winning smile, uh, Ms. Jean-Pierre seemed to rule out any extraterrestrial activity. I don't think the American people need to worry about aliens with respect to these craft, period. I don't think there's any more that needs to be said there. (laughs) So there you go, Casey. Take us to your leader. It's not aliens. Uh We won't tell you what it is. Uh But it's not aliens. Right, but we're sure about that. Okay, well, listen to this guy's title. General Glenn Van Herc, right? He's the commander of the U.S. Northern Command and the North American Aerospace Defense Command. Now, right? And... You know know what I... He sounds important. Well, you know, I miss when titles were simple and easy to understand, like... H-M-F-I-C, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I mean, you can't say it on the air what it is, but you knew what it was, right? And now it's just very hard to understand all the titles. Well, this is the guy who's in charge, and he's saying we're going to continue to assess every threat, every potential threat unknown that approaches North America with an attempt to identify it. But then he later said, we're not ruling anything out. Yeah. He was directly asked, aliens? We're not ruling anything out. Casey. I feel so good. Casey. Yeah. All you need to know (laughs) is that your government is very transparent Uh and really has a vested interest in providing you as much information as possible on all the things happening in and around our country. Okay, so the defense secretary said they don't present a military threat to anyone on the ground. (laughs) Okay, how about in the air? Are you feeling confident to get on a plane right now? Well, Casey, I'm never feeling confident to get on a <laughs> right? plane, including on a sunny day in, I don't know, June. Yeah, they said they're they're going to get to the bottom of it, of course. It's 12 minutes after 10. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Do you want to talk about what's going on in Manhattan? No, what I want to do, Casey, because you, I'm going to need a few moments. You want to talk about a, what's going on in Brownsville? Well, I have a very valuable lesson. If you have a child in a central Indiana school district, mm-hmm. you will... Uh, 
be very interested in what I learned last night at the Brownsburg School Board meeting because, um, as we had stated, there was indeed a uh, director of student learning mm-hmm. that they didn't tell anybody about, that the job had been formulated, and it has a DEI component to it. But how the superintendent, who had previously told parents, no, the DEI coordinator, it didn't work out previously in Brownsburg, it's not coming back, how he excused getting caught with his hand in the cookie jar. Every parent with a kid in Central Indiana schools needs to listen to this because it's probably happening where your kid goes to school. All right, you're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC, and that's coming up next. Seventeen minutes after ten, it's Kendall and Casey on ninety-three WIBC. Trending this hour, Shane Steichen, the Indianapolis Colts have hired him to be their next head coach, as being reported by WIBC Newsroom. So he was the former offensive coordinator for the Eagles, right? Yeah, and you like him because you say he's very attractive. He is a good-looking fella. Yeah. Uh, so is this why the Eagles lost? Because he was too good looking? No, because their offensive coordinator was uh, doing a deal for his next job during the Super Bowl? Uh, no, I think the Eagles lost because they gave the uh, Chiefs seven free points and then got a bad, uh, well, I wouldn't say bad, rather a, a uh, shouldn't have been called holding call okay. at the end of the game. Okay. Also trending is Ted Lasso. Season three will premiere of the show on March 15th. What is that? Ted have you Lasso? seen this? Yes, it's what excellent. What is it? You need, okay, have you ever seen the movie Major League? Yes. Imagine that, only modern day, uh-huh. and it's about soccer instead of baseball. Why would I watch a show about soccer? Yeah, I was going to say Rob would not watch that. Uh, Jason Sudeikis is, is uh, really good in it, though, I and it's t- really funny. I told you when I was watching the World mm-hmm. Cup, and I did that because I'm a patriot, mm-hmm. that I would oftentimes sit there and debate what was more painful, watching that soccer game mm-hmm. or extracting a tooth from my mouth. Well, so why would I why would I just watch a television show to about soccer? To be fair, I mean Ted Lasso's a comedy. Mm-hmm. I think it might actually make you want to be a soccer fan. No, here's the thing. When I was a kid there was a Disney movie called The Big Green mm-hmm. that came out and it had the the chubby kid from the Sandlot was yeah, in it. Yeah. And uh, I watched that and it made me like soccer even less. Okay, well, the soccer in Ted Lasso is really secondary. Oh. It's more about the relationships and the growth of the characters. But I would be subjected to soccer is what you're telling me. Mildly. It's yeah. not like, it's Look, it's part of it, Casey, but it's not the main story. I don't line. tell you how to live your life. <laughs> yes, and you just yes li- you do. <laughs> Every day from nine until noon. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, go, carry on. Well, well done. You win that one. Finally trending, Word Finder has determined the most popular term of endearment in the great state of Indiana. Oh. I'm sure you call your uh, your better half lots of loving words. Uh-huh. Do you ever use the word babe? No. Hey, babe. No. Because that's the number one term of endearment in Indiana, followed by darling. A lot of effort put into that. Uh, and then the third one is hottie. Hey, hottie. 
Hey, hottie. Hey, hottie, darling, babe. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day. Oh, it's Okay, funny. it's 20 minutes after 10. Let's talk about what you had going on last night. So I uh, moseyed on over to the Brownsburg Community School Corporation School Board meeting last night. And they're always very happy to see me when I'm there. Our audience <laughs> knows I have a, a long-standing uh, relationship with the Brownsburg School Board that is both uh, sexy and groovy at the same time. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's gone very well over the years. And so, of course, last week we had reported how, uh, in, in I believe it was early January, the superintendent, who has a little track record with trust issues, you know, like the time he told a theater full of people kids could die in the hallways if they didn't raise taxes by $100 million. I mean, just little things like that. And then they didn't raise taxes and no children died in the hallways. I mean, that just rubs the community the wrong they way. They didn't get their reference. Anyway, there, there was some sort of, uh, you know, like trust building exercise that took <laughs> place between the superintendent and mm-hmm. some of the conservative parents. And it was a bridge building thing. And I was very supportive of that because, you know, Casey, I'm a very, well, I'm a very giving person mm-hmm. and I support communication. And I told those parents, I said, you should absolutely go to that and participate in that. And um, he told them at the time, they had asked him, they said, hey, what happened to the failed disastrous D? EI officer that you guys hired against immense community opposition because you told us you knew better and apparently Brownsburg was such a terrible, awful place that we had to have a full-time I believe six-figure salaried person to teach us about diversity, equity, and inclusion at all times. And mm-hmm. said, well, you know, Superintendent said that didn't uh, didn't work out and uh, that uh, that person, that, that job's not coming back. Because we had said, you know, the person just went poof, just mm-hmm. disappeared. No explanation, no nothing. So he said, great, Team building, everybody coming together. We're having finding points of common interest. Wonderful. Well, then, Casey, imagine my surprise when a, a little birdie, you know, Casey, I got birdies all over the place. You know, my birdies, they chirp everywhere at the mm-hmm. state house. And somebody under the superintendent, a little birdie under the superintendent, because, well, this person cares deeply about bull crap that gets pulled in public education, sent me what appeared to be a document saying that there was a a director of student learning mm-hmm. that was uh, being created by the school corporation. So a new position. Right. Yes, mm-hmm. a new position because, you know, w- that's what we need in public school are more administrators, right? <laughs> we don't have enough administrators. We don't have enough six-figure people who don't actually teach classes. Uh, you know, of course, no money for teachers, right? The teachers are always complaining about how little they're paid. By the way, when the angry red-shirted teachers come to the state house and scream at the Republicans for having the audacity to say, you know, things like parents should be able to raise their kids or whatever, why don't they ever yell about how much money their administrators take? Why don't they ever yell about how much money? Their money! That's your money that the administrators are taking and keeping it for themselves. They never complain about that. Anyway, uh, it turned out this director of student learning which that's also weird because isn't that what the teacher is? Isn't the teacher in the classroom actually the director of student learning? Turns out you have to you read it and you look at it. And we were kind of going, well, this is kind of interesting. You know, this job description seems to work. And then we got to the other job description and it talks about diversity, equity, equity and, and inclusion. inclusion. Yeah. And I said, well, that looks a lot like the job description for the DEI officer, but that can't be because the superintendent told the parents that the DEI officer was gone. Gone. Didn't yeah. work out. Not coming back. Right. And one of the school board members who had just been reelected, a super liberal member of the school board, had told people, I do not support the DEI officer coming back. And so uh, me and, you know, we got a few people that listen to this radio show that you can hear from Ohio to Illinois and all points in between. A few 
Concerned community members went to the meeting last night and we asked the question. We said, now, what is this director of student learning with this? Clearly the words DEI, diversity, equity, mm-hmm. and inclusion. In the job description. In the job description. Uh, what's, what's going on with that? And at the end of the meeting, superintendent uh, addressed that. And here's what he said, Casey. The DEI position is not coming back. Mm-hmm. However, yeah. every job now in Brownsburg schools has a DEI component to it. Oh. So now, Casey, I guess every employee in the Brownsburg Community School Corporation is their own DEI coordinator. I guess that includes the lunch ladies, right. the janitors, right. every, the gym teachers, everyone. If you're a football coach, if you're a swimming coach, mm-hmm. no matter what you are, part of your job is DEI coordinator. Have you guys practiced any like trust falls when you go in there? <laughs> Rob Kendall gets up to speak and all of a sudden yeah. we're going to have somebody... Well, stand behind you to catch you when you fall. Here's what really got me at the end, and I, I don't, I can't remember exactly how he said it. They don't post the meetings right away, so I have to go back and review it. But at the end, um, they said that uh, some of the effect of this is being, and again, these are not his exact words. I'm trying to paraphrase as best I can remember here, but this has been uh, really just blown out of proportion by people who are trying to divide the community. And of course, that's the point where I wave my hand because. You've just admitted. Mm-hmm. Now, it's like it's a bad situation that's become made worse. It was bad enough when we had a DEI coordinator. Now you're basically saying, well, the DEI is a part of everyone's job it's now. It's baked in. It's everybody. Mm-hmm. It's the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of school employees in Brownsburg. They're all basically DEI coordinators. So do you have to go back and see the job description for every employee I'm in the gonna, Brownsburg School Well, District? I'm going to have to figure out how I can do that because that's that's going to be a lot of work. But, you know, I'm willing to do it, Casey, because, well, I have a lot of free time and love my community. And, <laughs> and they must be so excited to know that you have a child on the way who <laughs> could potentially be within the school district for the next... Um, 12 years. Here's it, here's here's why we did this segment, though. Because this is the sort of dishonesty, deceit, lack of transparency mm-hmm. that we, t- we talk about all the time with public school systems, especially as it relates to school boards and administrations in the state of Indiana. Because they know what they're doing. There's a reason they were going to try to ram that through without the public attention. They know what they're doing. They're just trying to hide it. And then when they got caught, because, mm-hmm. well, I have many fans all across the fruited plain and people who are quietly, who may serve under these people, but even though they serve under these people, they can't stand a lot of these superintendents and administrators. So they want people who have a voice to, to put it out there. When they get caught, mm-hmm. instead of just putting their hands up and going, ha ha, you got us. Yeah, we're doing it again. They try to go, well, no, the DEI coordinator is not coming back. Now everybody has a mm. DEI component. But yet they do this without any fear whatsoever because they know at the end of the day, mm-hmm. the Republicans at the State House are so afraid of the angry red-shirted teachers that they're not ever going to do anything to hold them accountable or stop them. So other than an exercise in entertaining myself, that will end up being a colossal waste of time. But I get joy out of it because... 
well, I can inform our audience about what's going on. How long was the meeting? You oh, you weren't there very long. No, nah, maybe it was uh, it was pretty quick, thirty minutes, maybe thirty okay. ish minutes. And you were able to get in, get your question asked, and and yeah, uh, yes, I was. Uh, they, yes, I was. I found very quick. We are all DEI coordinators now, okay. Casey. All right, it's Kendall and Casey on ninety three WIBC, and coming up, we've got your voicemails. Hey, Casey. Yeah. Would you be upset if you lost (laughs) $111,000? Yes, but check this out. 96% of Americans, 96% of Americans lose an average of $111,000 in Social Security income. You know what? It's because they claim their benefits at the wrong time. But you could avoid this with a free Social Security analysis from Bill Demery right here in Indy. Okay, so you've heard about Bill Demery for years, and he knows Social Security like the back of his hand. If you saved at least $200,000 and have not filed for Social Security, schedule your free analysis by calling 317-932-9912. Okay, this free analysis shows you exactly when to file for Social Security. So you can wring every nickel out of the benefits that are rightfully yours. Call 317-932-9912. That's 317-932-9912. I'm so sorry you have just reached my answering machine. 317-684-8444. That's the phone number here. If you'd like to contribute with your questions, comments, smart remarks, Rupert Holmes singing Answering Machine. Of course, that's one of the songs that's on the Kendall and Casey playlist on Spotify. All you got to do is head over to Spotify and type in Kendall ampersand Casey in the search bar and that will come up. So just press a follow and you will have access to all of this wonderful bumper music chosen lovingly for Rob Kendall. Oh, thank you. God bless you. Yes, because (laughs) so many of these songs are just my absolute favorites Mm -hmm. that uh, we roll out here on a uh, daily basis. Uh, All right, let's get to the voicemails. 317-684-8444. Remember yesterday, we played the call from the guy who there was something going on with. Like he was... You thought he was drunk. I thought he was stoned. Yeah, we had a little back and (laughs) forth about what mental capacity the guy was in. Mm -hmm. Kev thought he was like a creepy dude in a corner at a movie theater. Mm -hmm. And uh, he he called back (laughs) and offered uh, a little clarification. clarification. Nice. Hey, it's me. (laughs) You know, uh, the guy from yesterday. I didn't think I would ever call you guys back, but it's so important that I say this, Rob, the message you give on Christmas Day that is so beautiful and so eloquent, I was not in any way making fun of it. I was actually trying to call attention to it. So you're my radio brother. Casey, you, I consider a radio guru. Rob, you're so lucky to have her. That's true. She saw right through my kind of shtick. I was being honest on my phone call. I never thought in a million years it would be on the airwaves. But Casey saw through it. I was demoing my voice. <laughs> That's how smart she is. So always pay attention to her. I love you guys. I'm a super fan. And, you know, I don't want to get... Hey, Kevin, he thought I was a mysterious dude in a 
a dark room. So very close. I have a studio. He's a musician, so I assume that he was picking up on my vibe. <laughs> yeah, I was definitely. I definitely pictured him being in like a dark motel room, not not a studio, but that's cool. I'm just picturing the guy from Animal House. Uh, who is it? Donald Sutherland? Yes. The teacher? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he closes the blinds, <laughs> lights a candle right before, uh, you know, Katie and Boone. Yeah. Light yeah. up. You were picking up on his vibe, Kev. Yeah. <laughs> I hope that guy calls in more often. Every yeah. day. Yeah. Every day. Yes. Somebody, somebody pointed this out yesterday. He kind of sounds like Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> Hello, it puts the lotion on it. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Uh, so, uh, somebody called uh, with an interesting, you know, because la- last week we had talked about the Social Security mm-hmm. and people were very mad that we called it an entitlement. And I said, well, if you're entitled mm-hmm. to it at a certain age, what do you what do you call what it? Do you call it? And we talked about what an incredibly flawed system it is that people like Kev mm-hmm. And probably me, even though I'm a little more seasoned than Kev, will likely never get to experience certainly the full benefit, if any benefit at all in that system, though we're forced to keep paying in. Mm -hmm. And the system is very flawed because depending on how long you live, you can extract far more from the system than you put into the system. But one guy called with an example of the opposite way of how you can totally get screwed by the system. Hey guys, I just want to let you know another aspect of the Social Security that I think will probably drive Rob nuts. My wife and I were married 52, a little over 52 years, and we all had jobs. We worked since we were 15. Well, in January of 2022, my wife died of COVID. So I made the uh, notification to Social Security to determine what would happen, and this is what I was told. Uh, I was told that I would not get any survivor's benefits or anything, and that basically she was she was done with Social Security. And I asked if I got any kind of um, any payment or anything, you know, because of her death, and they said no. And I said, where's that money going to go? Because she was only retired like eight years. And I said, where did that money go? And they said, well, it's just gone. <sighs> so, th- so think about that. You pay in all your life. And if by some great misfortune you die, which, again, I still consider 70 by lifespan, a relatively young age. Obviously, you're a more seasoned citizen than somebody who's 30. Mm-hmm. But 70 in terms of the life quality, life longevity on average is a young death. Mm-hmm. You're, you and now your spouse, by default, obviously, if you're gone, are getting totally screwed because you paid for all those years. Mm-hmm. And, don't, and you get a fraction of the benefit back. And then when you ask, hey, can I just get what I put back into it? Nope. Yeah. Well, this I, poor guy. I mean, he's suffering the loss of his wife after 52 years of marriage, and then on top of it, getting screwed by the government. Yeah. I, I uh, It's a very flawed system. It's deliberately flawed. The government knows it's flawed, which is why I get so passionate about it. And I talk about Kevin McCarthy in such disparaging terms. 
and Jim Banks, who you may recall voted for Kevin McCarthy 15 straight mm-hmm. times and came on this radio station and said how great Kevin McCarthy was going to be. When someone like Kevin McCarthy comes out and goes, yeah, no changes to Social Security. There are so many things that we're not even talking about the 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 unsustainability of the fund, the waste, the fraud, the abuse, crap like this that people paid in don't get it out. And to say, well, we're not even going to talk about changes to it. You're screwing every American. He knows he's screwing every American. And I have no idea why Jim Banks would have been so proud to support that guy 15 straight times. Yeah. Jim Banks is currently in a fight with Pete Buttigieg. He's talking tough. Oh. You know, but because it, he wants to win that Senate. Yeah, he's doing what? He's talking tough, right? right. When he w- had a chance to vote tough, mm-hmm. which was stand up against Kevin McCarthy and people like Kevin McCarthy in the establishment, what did he do? He rolled over and played dead. Yeah. That's who Jim Banks is. Tough talk. Bad action. All right. Um, what else we get? Uh, surprise me, Kev. I'm having a brain cramp here. We got uh, property taxes. Oh, yeah. Somebody called about property taxes. Yes, go ahead. Great interview with Mickey Kelly about the property tax relief. Uh, this uh, story you had was followed by your newscast at noon where they talked about legislators are working on tax relief, especially helping out senior citizens. Well, senior citizens who have been responsible over the years have put back some money annuities and what have you for that. We're going to get the short shaft on that like we do on everything else. Yes, I said we do collectively. And this is just another smoke and mirrors thing the legislature and all these guys are doing. And incidentally, when I call representatives and I talk to their people, I'm told that it's under study and that they are debating it. Mm-hmm. I heard this last November when I brought it up and you guys brought it up. So apparently they don't give a flying rat's about this thing. He beeped himself. Thank you for the good. beep. Yeah. Uh, well, this is what we talk about, right? The legislature can do whatever they want to do whenever they want to do it. And the big takeaway from the conversation with Nikki Kelly yesterday is that, and and I don't think she meant to go down this rabbit hole, but she did. The system as it exists cannot be fixed, right? Whatever tinkering they're trying to do inside this system right now is not going to solve anything. It's just going to make it complicated, more complicated, mm-hmm. and worse for many people. Either go ahead, Casey. Sorry. Well, I would say they're they're trying to adjust something that's based on fair market, right? And rather than do that, it, it's almost it needs to be retooled from step one. As long as you have a system that punishes you for something someone else did, mm-hmm. which that's the way the assessment process works. Right. How much did a home near you sell for? But I don't intend to sell my home. Doesn't matter. That home sold for A, B, and C. This cannot be fixed. So the Republicans, as they so often are, are being completely disingenuous in coming. They want to help you or they're going to make some tinkers. Mm -hmm. They're not going to do nothing. You're going to see very minimal relief. You're not going to see crap for this May. Yeah. You're not going to see crap for November. And maybe you'll get a little bit of air quote help. But Casey, if someone raises my taxes $600 and then gives me $100 back, Mm -hmm. I I don't call that helping. No. (laughs) No, that's shut up money. So, that's shut up and go away money. So the Republicans, if they actually want to fix the tax system, need to get away from a system in which you are being punished by what the actions of someone else. Nowhere else in the tax code, for anyone else, are you punished but for the actions of someone else? And that's the system we have right now. Yeah, and it's interesting that he said that he talked to them last November and he was told the same thing. They knew. They we're studying it. We're going to work on it. They and knew. now they've gotten to the point where they've put uh, they've put a 65-page bill together that they're not going to have time to get through. 
before the session's over. I think we had one more phone call. It's virtue signaling. Yes, you're right. 100%. They don't, Republicans in this We're state working on it. don't care about you at all. Yeah. Hey, but if it's a weed or a gun bill, Jim Lucas will run to the ends of the earth for you. Go ahead, Kev. First off, I don't understand why China is sending up something so visual. We all can see it. We're all talking about it. And it just seems like their technology would be a little bit better. Secondly, what are they distracting us from? Mm. It's kind of the bright, shiny objects up in the sky that we're all staring at, but what is going on that we aren't paying attention to? These things appeared, and lo and behold, you know, Joe and Hunter are now out of the news regarding the laptop and documents. So I don't know. I know nothing more than anybody else, but I think it's just kind of a crazy situation. Mm. All right. Take care. Love your show. Good point. No, she's spot on. And then we talked about this earlier that I think it is a test. I think a lot of that stuff, the balloon, obviously, they didn't think it was going to pass by. No one would see it. I think it's a test. I think they want to know how weak Biden is and what he will allow to happen. Right. And in the case of the balloon, he allowed it to go all the way across the country. Right. And she's got a point of it distracting from everything else. She mentioned, you know, what's going on with the Hunter Biden laptop. But you've got trains derailing, UFOs, chickens struggling to lay eggs food processing centers catching on fire people dying suddenly a a lot of things are going on and now we've got this balloon too yeah all right hammers next it's kennel and casey on 93 wibc It is 10.50. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Hammer joins us in the studio. Happy Valentine's Day. Oh, shut up. This <laughs> Valentine's Day is the worst. And this is coming from a dude that's been married for a long time. Mm-hmm. And if you ask my wife, the crazy coupon lady, yeah. you hear her here on 93 WIBC, the lovely Miss Crystal Hammer, mm-hmm. she'll tell you the same. It's a hallmark holiday. Sure. Yep. And if I were to come home tonight with a bunch of flowers and candy, her response would be, why did you spend your money on right. that stupid crap? Right. <laughs> Give me something I want, actually, or right. could use. You should be celebrating your relationship, your every love. Every day. Every damn yes, day. Yes, sure. But on this day, you're expected to have a date or mm-hmm. have somebody to love. We got things to do tonight. We got activities with the kids. Then we're probably going to lay in bed and watch TV and play on our phones. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day from the Hammer House. <laughs> did you see the picture that uh, Eric Holcomb put out on uh, Twitter? Oh, is that where he was in the big suit, like the pink bunny suit? Yeah, he's in the bunny suit from A Christmas Story. Looks like Ralphie. And, of course, I have to head straight to the comments, and I can't read some of them. Because he's in that suit with his <laughs> wife, and it's like he a is. Valentine's card. It is. It's in. It's framed in a heart. And he What man said, would do that willingly? <laughs> like, seriously, what, what man? If that were your husband, wouldn't you be mortified, Casey? To put on that big bunny suit? And look like that? <laughs> Wouldn't I, you be embarrassed? We've done some silly videos on the Hammer and Nigel but show. But he's not doing it to be... He's not doing it to be silly. I mean, I, I, I guess... I think maybe. he is. I mean, he's in a pink bunny suit, isn't he? He said, Happy Valentine's I, Day to the only Hoosier who has my heart. And it's him and his wife. Like, it's all about the way you govern, right? Because if Ron DeSantis does that same picture, you would see people like, you know, Charlie Kirk and all these guys and Benny Johnson, liberal tears, all here it comes. They're so upset about a bunny picture. But Holcomb does it, and you're like, you govern like crap. Am I too? (laughs) Okay, so let's let's ask it this way, because you're right. I'm probably so filled with rage that I can never make a fair decision. Am I too hateful to the governor? No. 
I don't think so. Somebody has to hold them accountable. You can be too hateful at times, but I don't think the guy that's in charge of your state that told people you are a Petri dish, mm-hmm. you're not allowed to open your business, uh, screw you, sit down while I go meet with Malik Mohammed. I don't think that's... Uh, you know, something that you should be ashamed of. Like I think about my friend who worked at a fairly prominent downtown dining establishment who threw a glitch in the system to steal a phrase from office space, couldn't qualify for any of that free money that they were throwing out, had to get an OnlyFans account to pay for her and her kid to live during COVID. Like I don't find that crap funny because she never gets her dignity back of what she had to do to pay her rent and make sure her kid had food on the table. I don't find anything that guy does funny because he's never going to apologize to her. She's never going to be made whole. She'll be out there forever doing the stuff she did because she had no other choice. So anything he does, I don't find it funny at all. So it's about the way that they govern then, right? So it kind of goes along with what we're talking about. If you're somebody that has done things like a Republican, okay, you can be a little bit wacky and people are going to give you, oh, that's funny. Libs are going to cry. But if you're a rhino and does it and you did things like he did to this state. Now, keep in mind, I haven't always been anti-Holcomb. Yeah. At the beginning of his time as the governor, had a decent relationship. He would come on our show. It was fine. We got along with the Sunday sales kind of thing. And I think Nigel will back me up here because I think we're in agreement on this. The moment he lost me, the moment he lost a lot of people is when he called them a Petri dish mm-hmm. for just wanting to open up their businesses. They weren't breaking windows. Mm-hmm. They weren't rioting. They weren't saying no justice, no peace. It was a group of people who just wanted to open up their businesses. They had a very peaceful uh, get together and they were called a Petri dish by the governor of the state of Indiana. Meanwhile, he went and met with Malik Muhammad. Speaking of Petri dishes, can this new guy fix the Colts' offense? We're going to find out. I mean, the last time they went with a guy that was the assistant of the Eagles, it didn't really work out all that well. But <laughs> what I'm excited about, and we're going to have Kevin Bowen on our show later on, who covers the Colts for the fan. The early reports on this dude is it sounds like he might be a little bit of a ball buster. Oh. And I'm here for that. Maybe that's what they need. Preach because yeah. all these players' coaches lately have not worked out. And unless you're a dude like Tony Dungy, who's got that track record of success where you can be a player's coach but still warrant respect, these dudes today will walk over yeah. you if you are a player's coach. Yeah, because like Mike Ditka won a lot. And he wasn't afraid to grab some guy's face mask and scream at him. I mean, you're grown-ass men. You should be able to be screamed at, be pushed around a little bit. It's a tough guy's game. Why do you need to be hugged by your coach? Well, you just said it. It's a game. Yeah. It's a game. You don't have to be there. Right. And you're making millions and millions of dollars to win. In the NFL, it's not like, oh, he's trying his best. Or, you know, these athletes aren't, you know, getting the same recruiting money as these other athletes. You're all the best of the best. You're there to win. Winning makes all of that stuff go away. Ask Rob Gronkowski. Ask Tom Brady. You know, do you like Bill Belichick? No. But did you like winning? Yes. Yes. It's coming up this afternoon. Uh, Go to the Hammer and Nigel Show social media. Facebook and Twitter, get our very latest line of Valentine's Day cards featuring your favorite Democrat pals. Perfect. Thanks, Hammer. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.